0: Bonjour, bonjour, hola, buenos dias, uh, it's the time for the cycling podcast again on SBS. I'm Christophe Mallet, I'm your host, and of course, I am joined by the greatest of the greatest, is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave?
1: Oh, these intros just keep getting better. Just keep them coming, mate, and I'll tell you what, I will I will shout you the first drink back in Australia. Very good to be here. Uh, I've obviously enjoyed uh, the first opening week of, the, of La Vuelta, and I'm sure you have as well. I know you've been on the ground at a couple of the days what a race ah,
0: what a it's race. crazy and this is why this podcast is named mud wind and rock and roll because this is what we had for for a week uh, of racing before we go back to the last stage of stage uh, just from from uh, yesterday before the 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 rest day let's not forget we had a time trial that started under the rain as well
1: under the rain and under lights but the lighting light. was pretty <laughs> bad the lighting was pretty poor apparently <laughs> yeah it's been a crazy um it's been a crazy start, hasn't it, to the race. Who would have thought in Barcelona that we'd get, you know, showers, you know, almost torrential rain, the crashes and everything. You know, you'd expect it. We just expect the Vuelta to be hot all the time. And it wasn't that. I mean, it's warmed up now that they've, they they have headed south and around the Valencian region. But, wow, it just yeah. happened
0: everything yeah absolutely okay we just have to talk about the stage nine yesterday and then of course stage eight as well i think those are the really key stages that we had in and around the, the, the vuelta lately let's just go back to stage nine and uh, and this mud the mud slide that has happened uh, I was not going to say totally unexpected because the weather has been absolutely rubbish. I'm telling you, I've been under it. I can't uh, I've done something. It. Yeah, I've done something I never do before. I actually bought a rain jacket from the race in <laughs> I Spain. I had to, and in Spain, in Spain, like
1: of all places.
0: So ne- next year at the Tour de France, I'll be uh, proudly showing off my uh, Vuelta jacket. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, how, how is it for the for the riders when you you know when you go to the Vuelta, uh, and you know we say. On on occasion we go, oh, uh, the Ghent has gone the genting. Well here the Vuelta has been Vueltaing, big time. It has
1: it has and I, I saw some quote or, or joke from someone on social media. You know, they said when something when when all that all it goes or when you think everything that has gone wrong has and then you realise something else can go wrong, you call it the Vuelta or La Vuelta or something. And that's you know, it's not a criticism of the race, you know. The weather conditions are out of their hands, and look on stage nine, they made the right call last night. They stopped the GC guys two kilometres from the summit, or they didn't stop them. They 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 took the GC times, I should say. The race was still there to win for the breakaway to the finish line. Um, but yeah, it was it's the course last night was amazing. It was a it was a brilliant sort of uh, terrain, I thought. It's a pity about the the rain and this bit of a mudslide that, you know, landed on top of this mountain <laughs> towards the end of the stage. But, you know, it still sort of added to the drama. It was just, and then the crosswinds, which, you know, you, you do see a little bit in La Vuelta. You don't see them in the Giro, really, crosswinds. And the Tour de France, we know we get them a bit. But La Vuelta, when you get them, wow, they're fierce and they were fierce last night.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And then, of course, uh, in this race day, we have an American in red. This uh, didn't happen for the last ten years. So it's been. Is that the rock and roll beat? It's the rock and roll beat, except because is rock and roll. I don't he's know if you and agree roll with plays me. A guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know some uh, Scottsund brothers uh, play the guitar as well, yes, but, uh, yes. um, but Sepkus is just rock and roll, and and. I mean, how good is he for, for a leader? Uh, I'm, I'm going to put this to you, actually, because this is my main question. We've had uh, this Netflix series. We've had, you know, so many newcomers to, to the sport itself. They need the world, the, the world and the world of cycling needs someone like Sepp to show up. And I mean, let's face it, the, the sports needs the US. But we need someone like like to, to be, maybe to carry these iconic sporting events, I would say events, uh, to the US, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I guess I guess what you're alluding to is, you know, we need the scene, the US scene, to, to raise back up, and because there's, I guess, there's plenty of good American bike riders out there at the moment, you know, and it's and it's building, I think. Um, and, and ironically, it's the gravel scene in the US that is actually, you know, got legs, which it has everywhere else around the world at the moment. Is Sepco the right guy? Um, he i don't think he has an enemy in the peloton and i think most journalists like him i mean i've been, I've had the pleasure of, of interviewing him a couple of times at the tour he's a he is a, a real gentleman he's very polite he's a, he's a nice guy he's funny he's you know he's very um shoots from the hip is he too nice you know do we need it do we need someone who who's polarizing and you know the first person that comes to mind is armstrong lance armstrong but yeah, you know, I think everyone loved Armstrong until he admitted to his doping, and then then he was polarizing. Then it was a 50 So, but I think you're right, Christoph. I think we we do want and we we do need, whether we want to admit it or not, as a sport, we do need the US to bounce back and be successful and have races because with that will come sponsorship and maybe the combination of SEPCUS, Netflix, etc., and you know, and the more globalization of the sport. Maybe that's the answer as a whole.
0: Yeah, but do, do we actually need the US to, to be nice? I mean, historically, historically, we don't necessarily need I mean, them to be nice.
1: Yeah, and, and, and when did we want the US to be successful? <laughs> Aren't they success- exactly. Are they successful enough at everything else? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and that's tongue-in-cheek, of course. But um, yeah, look, it is interesting. It's, we've had the discussion, I think you and I, and, and I have, I know, with Kino and a few others, and that the two are possibly... I think the sport, and I'm maybe digressing slightly here, but I think the sport is doing full circle. So what I mean by that is, you know, in the 50s, the 1950s, and even before that, as we know, the sport was huge. It was, the names were household names, not just sporting names. The the top cyclists back then were household names. You know, the, the competition, there wasn't much competition. There wasn't internet, there wasn't this, there wasn't that. Cycling was big. Then it sort of failed to keep up with the likes of tennis, golf, football, Etc. those sports that really developed and they developed professionally. Cycling lost its way a bit. I feel like now cycling, it's a slow burn and that slow burn is starting to get legs, it's getting wheels and that, that big wheel is starting to roll faster. And the Netflix, yes, effect has helped, absolutely. And know yeah, we have to credit ASO, don't we? With the way they package up the Tour de France, the way they package up all of their races. I feel like we're on the, you know, the edge of our sport, believe it or not, going, exploding even more. And we all say it's exploded in the last decade, but I feel like we're on the edge of it exploding
0: again. Yeah, absolutely. But can can SEPCUS win this Vuelta? I mean, it's a question on everybody's mind here uh, at the Vuelta uh, because there's this big thing, you know, they came in with a duet. They came in with a, a two prong attack, as we called. We never look back, but there's a third guy in there uh, that can actually, technically, he can win the Vuelta. He's good enough to do it. Yeah. Um, there's a big chat among the journalists Are saying, did the fact that Vingegor came here to blur the lines a little bit is it also to make sure that as a team, they reward Sepkus for the work he's done over the many years? All the titles they had in a Grand Tour, the Jumbo-Visma outfit, all of them, Sepkus was part of that team. So the fact that you've got Roglic, Vingegaard here as well, could this be a way to be a headache for someone like Remco Evenepoel, first of all? But also, if they could, could they just go and reward Sepkus with that win?
1: No. I love your nope. I love your theory. Let me dream, mate. Let me dream. Yeah, no, no <laughs> I love the dream. I want Kuz to win. I'll say it. And I think I think plenty of us would love to see him win. You know, a new winner, someone different. The super domestique. It's a it's a great story, isn't it? But Jonas Vingegaard is not coming the Volta. Look, if they told him we want you to come in a support role, I mean, he's won the last two Tour de Frances. He wants to win here. Primoz Roglic, I would say, wants to win here. Um, and they will not take any risks no matter what. You know the big hurdle for sepkus It's coming up. It's coming up post-rest day. And this is the biggest hurdle. And if he survives this, I really think he can win. It's the individual time trial.
0: But he's because got the buffer, though, to be honest. He's got he's the got buffer. He's got a buffer,
1: but he's, it's his Achilles heel. And in 25 mm-hmm. kilometers, Remco, Roglic and vingegaard they could all take a minute 30 on Sep. It's possible. They might not. Yeah. But I think they can... They are capable potentially if they have a great day and Sep doesn't have a great day, they could take a minute thirty. He's got what's he got? About two minutes thirty.
0: Yeah, two 30, around yeah. that
1: somewhere somewhere around that. So then suddenly that reduces his margin to one minute. So if he loses only thirty seconds in the TT, that will be an incredible ride by Kuss. It's a it's a flat twenty five kilometer uh, time trial. Um, so. I wouldn't say it suits set course he probably would he'd be better in a mountain time trial for sure he's you know he's a he's a fairly purist climber I would say but he's a pretty handy bike rider as well so yeah. the, but the TT for me is the crunch point so we're going to get But there's a really only good one TT idea. though
0: I don't want to be the devil's advocate but I am uh, there's only one TT in this in this whole race and when you look at the amount of climbing there is on the third part of the third week, could it be any hope? Let let my dream alive, man. Oh no, there's totally there's totally <laughs> hope. There's totally a chance, and
1: I mean, yeah, it, it's it'll be a cool story if he wins it. And at the end of the day, what I will say is, Yumbo need and should protect him, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should do it at the expense of Jonas or or Primoz, but they also should protect him. You know, he is the last man. Um, well, he's the, he's the first of the three that they have to ditch if, you know, it's crunch point And Remco Venipole is up the road and there's no one else to chase. Maybe then Sepkus has to chase. But, I mean, if he's in the red jersey and he's got a minute 45 advantage, you can't ask the leader of the race, yeah. I don't think, <laughs> to chase. You know, if, if he's still there, if he's capable and still there. So no matter what, I think they've got to support him right now. And post TT, Yumbo will reassess that support. Like if he, like I said, if he loses only thirty seconds, I think they should start to consider um, that the idea of Sepco's winning the LaValta. The
0: There's only one thing that makes me think my whole theory is completely screwed. Do you know what? Oh, it so is? now
1: you're—I try and debunk <laughs> you the whole time. You go against me, and now you're going to tell me yourself that you've worked out your theory might not work.
0: I, I have one point that makes the theory is not audible. Do you want to know what it is? What is it? 12 sips. He got 12 sips on that bottle of champagne where I've counted, where normally we know the guys that celebrate their win. They don't even have half a sip. Listen,
1: listen. I'm going to put you in the same box as Keno. I don't think Keno was too happy with, with the guzzling. I was cheering <laughs> and apparently, apparently he necked the whole bottle, which yeah. I think, <laughs> bravo. Imagine how relaxed but- he would have been. And how how well he would have slept.
0: Bravo! You know, you know, I'm, I'm all for this no problem celebration, but not when you want to win a, a Grand Tour,
1: mate. When I won my Giro stage, I can. I think I can say it now. I don't care. <laughs> I was I was actually really drunk that night. I, I, I was I celebrated with my teammates. They all had champagne. I had a couple of beers, a couple of wines, champagne. I was just like, who cares? <laughs> and that's. I mean, that's why we love Seb Kuss, right?
0: Exactly. That's uh, that's the spirit. Uh, another person I'd love to, to talk about because I think, and maybe it's not just because I'm French, uh, there's a bit of a something that should be said about Lenny Martinez. Is yes. he the sensation? Do you think of that first week?
1: Yeah, he's a, he is a yeah. I think he is. I think he is. He's a, it's a great story, and that this story of Lenny Martinez is only going to get better. I think maybe not at the Vuelta, but you know, in the in the next. 12 months, the next two years, um, yeah, he he has stepped up. And, you know, the fact that Group um, Groupama, you know, absolutely made him the protected rider from the get-go, I thought was a huge kudos to them as a team, as as management, and then the riders. And Michael Stora, I think, deserves a, a side mention as a bias to the Aussies. He's been brilliant supporting Lenny. Um, but, yeah, he, he's... Look, he's another one of those next gen that, that we're just discovering now. And it's exciting, isn't it, these guys? And, you know, we, we talk about it. We joke about it, Christophe. But we also, we talk about, you know, we want the Americans to succeed and we want the American scene to come back. We also want a Frenchman to win the Tour de France. And I think, wouldn't it be, don't we want it? We want a Frenchman to win the Tour de France in the next five years. It's got to happen. It has to happen, I think. And... You know, maybe Martinez
0: is, is that guy. Yeah. Especially when you look at the, the pedigree. And we, you know, you and I, we both love history. But dad was Olympic champion in a mountain bike in Sydney. First Olympic champion in the history of the sport. Granddad yep. was um, king of the mountain, I think, in 1978, if my memory serves and me Spanish. right.
1: Spanish. He's Spanish,
0: yeah. Yeah. And Lenny yeah. Martinez is the first of this whole family to actually not speak Spanish. And he gets the red jersey out of Vuelta and he's not he doesn't certainly speak not the first. Yeah, he, no he doesn't speak Spanish he doesn't speak Spanish wow. at all not a single word uh, and and basically <laughs> he's starting to think that maybe he should because he got such a warm welcome on his name only uh, yeah. with that red jersey that uh, he, he should feel the jeans are burning up yeah 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 that's cool I mean uh, yeah
1: it, it's it's a cool story it's a really cool story and I mean he looks like a kid doesn't he he, he yeah. really looks like a teenager he's he's really slightly built he's got that purest climber sort of um uh, build to him he struggled in the crosswinds uh, yeah. yesterday but he's so
0: light he's so light yeah, to be he, honest.
1: yeah he's so light he's just, he was like a sail yeah. getting blown off you know into the into the air almost but um yeah and he's he's inexperienced he's he's learning all this so it's a it's a incredible learning curve for him um you know and it, it all, these superstars they all have their own journey pogacha won three stages of La Vuelta and finished, I think, second or third overall in his first Grand Tour, I think that was. Martinez won't do that. We know that.
0: No. <laughs> but
1: his journey will be different. And his journey still may take him to the top step of the Tour de France one day or the top step of the Giro or the all of Vuelta. So he's definitely got something special there
0: yeah absolutely and then you can't uh help me smile by the fact that this week of the vuelta was very tricolor we had a soup winning the stage as well a red leader uh winning on your home ground as well uh, in oliva Uh, what a win what a celebration what a what a and actually interestingly enough is when you look at it, you've got uh, Martinez, that is neopro neo-pro, just stepped up from the development team from uh, Groupama FDJ. And then you got soup that's done exactly the same 15 years ago. He's won one stage uh, in his first win in 15 years ago and he had to wait all this time before he yeah. could do it again and helped everybody else to do it. And he yeah. did it almost by mistake. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, it was a cool, it was a really cool win. I mean, we finished the comms that night and, um, you know, with the... Did you want to grow a beer Sydney. straight after that? Ah, oh, it was, it was good. It was cool, you know, we and, you know, we, we, we will, we'll, we'll get to him in a second, Caden Groves, but, you know, we were gunning for Caden to win his third stage and, he was obviously disappointed and a bit frustrated, but the story of soup, as you say, you know, playing that super domestique and the celebration afterwards. And what I did see—I'm not sure if you've seen it, Christoph—and to anyone listening on social media, guess who's, guess which camera they put on the bike that day? Yeah, for the on-board vision. The, so on you actually don't vision. see
0: the actual, you see the wind from the rear view mirror. <laughs> from the rear,
1: yeah, from his butt, basically, yeah.
0: looking
1: backwards. <laughs> it was cool. It was really, yeah. and it, you know what? It actually looked easy when you're looking backwards. Um, but yeah, And, and you,
0: I, I'll add something. I was at that finish. I was the one that filmed the celebration where you see Soup waiting for the celebration yes. to come. And then he comes and then you could see... Uh, i don't know if I captured it well on the uh on on the on the video, but in his eyes you could see the anxiety waiting he was waiting, and then the release oh, yes, and yeah. then after that he all went went hell loose but apparently yeah. because I've got my ins uh with uh, Eurosport, Eurosport was saying uh staying with them at the same hotel that night, and they had the worst lukewarm celebration ever like they they You're didn't they, they opened up a bottle no one really drunk they went yeah okay that's one. so my theory is was- it probably wasn't champagne it probably was some spanish wine they were just went oh being a french team going we're not celebrating with this oh but they didn't goodness. celebrate that much that night that is ridiculous i did see some vision of him
1: having a little bit of a dance somewhere but maybe that was separate yeah. but Come yeah. on, guys! Yeah, get on You the, need to get celebrate your
0: wins that you did, like you did. You know? Get on the set, cause program the d Mack
1: will send through the files of how to celebrate. <laughs> it's it's really not that hard. Yeah. You know, you put a disco ball, couple of bottles of wine, couple of bottles of champagne. You bring. You need best a shoe. All you need is a shoe.
0: Go. You don't even need a glass. You need a shoe. You don't <laughs> even need a
1: glass. Exactly it's easy
0: it's easy <laughs> uh, before um, we close this uh, this podcast of course the Aussies Caden Grove uh, yep. despite not winning in Oliva on stage 7 still a very good start of the Vuelta hopefully hopefully if nothing happens he should bring that green to Madrid and he deserves it, even just based on that first week, because he did so well, not necessarily on all the sprints, but he done so well on all the intermediate sprints, scoring the points.
1: Yeah, he, he's he's up for it too. He's up for the green, isn't he? He, he? I think he's he's definitely got an eye on it now. And, you know, he's at effectively at the halfway mark or close to it, close enough. So in about two days' time, I think, two or three days' time, in terms of the race, the so stages I'm talking about, once we resume post-rest day, um, that's the next sprint stage if he wins a third stage I'm pretty confident he will and his team are doing a great job mm-hmm. he will equal the record of an Australian start winning multiple stages at the tour which is three Robbie McEwen has done it and Caleb Ewan they're the only two which is sprinters no surprises yeah sprinters generally win multiples if they're you know having a good race so he's he's Doing something really special here. Two is two is incredible in its own right. And now he's got four stage wins to his name, Grand Tour stage wins that is. Yeah. Of course, the Giro 1 he won this year, Vuelta last year. So Caden Groves, he he's the next guy now, I think, for Aussie fans and mm-hmm. us commentators to as a sprinter. And we don't want to, you know, push aside Caleb Ewan. I hope Caleb Ewan bounces back next year, but gee. Caden is he's on his way, isn't he? he's on his horse, and he is galloping down the road.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, of course, uh, Caleb just became uh, a father again uh, for yes. the third time uh, during this week as well. Uh, yeah. Has there ever been a green jersey winner of the jersey in Madrid? I don't think there's been. I think An Caden can be the first winner of the point jersey. Aussie, yeah, Aussie won, of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, there's been mate, there's been one every year for, (laughs) but Australian, yeah. Um, (laughs) You're cheeky. (laughs) Yeah, I'm cheeky. I'm being cheeky tonight. Um, That is a good question. I
0: don't don't think there's been. I think so. I think it's on the par with the mountain jersey uh, in the Tour de France. There's never been. We may, you know what? We may have to go back to the seventies. I do not think
1: so. Dave Mm. Allen, an Australian. Is, who is no longer with us, rest in peace, but he won a stage, I think, of La Vuelta.
0: I don't think he won the green jersey, though. He, I don't he, think there's been any Australian from my research that mm-hmm. has won the green jersey. So that would be an enormous achievement for Caden Grove if he is able yeah. to bring that green jersey to, to Madrid. Yeah, it'll be huge.
1: No, he's got to survive the mountains. That's his, that's his biggest battle. I think, mm-hmm. hands down, he'll, he'll get enough points to win no one can get near him i think but his his biggest battle will be the um
0: the mountains he needs to make it to to madrid for sure yeah uh to conclude this podcast uh let's look ahead we've got a time trial coming up you said so what does a remco needs to do if he wants to defeat the three bees or the three hornets that are on his back and causing him probably the biggest headache he's ever had in a grand tour
1: yeah, yeah. well he, he he probably wants to or needs to take 30 seconds on them i don't think he'll take any more than 30 seconds on Jonas Vingegaard, and no more than 30 seconds on Primoz Roglic. He probably wants to put at least a minute into to get to get himself within striking distance of Kus. So if, I think if he could do that, uh, Evenapol, 30 seconds into both his rivals, a minute into Sep, I think he'd be pretty happy. But I don't even think he'll do 30 seconds on um, um, Jonas or Primoz. I think it's going to be super, super tight. Um, and, and the beauty of the race, what we've seen already, um, you know, Roglic attacked overnight on, on to, onto that summit, finish. took a couple of seconds maybe, I think. This race is going to be tight. I think it's going to be tight between who wins um, and second and third all the way to Madrid. So we are in for a ripping, uh, you know, ripping next 10, 12 days. I think it's yeah, going to be We've got two more weeks of it.
0: One yeah. more race day in the middle, but two more weeks yeah, of
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Hey, I've got one little piece of news it, just to digress and go off the subject. So before I forget, um, it's been announced a couple of days ago, Jess Allen, who is one of the brighter stars of pro cycling, she's announced that she will be retiring at the end of the season. So massive shout out to you, Jess. She's been an absolute star. She was so good at the tour this year and her, her attitude and, you know, just her bubbly, sort of character. As we know, she's been a a real trooper for Australian cycling and and a a role model for young girls and young women coming up. So we wish Jess all the best for the rest of this season and the future
0: absolutely and then uh, no doubt we'll speak to Jess because uh, we know her relatively mm. well so we'll speak to Jess in the back end of this season because this podcast he will stay alive uh, until uh, the end of the season every week uh, we should be able to bring you some of the insights so let's uh, let's make a target maka to talk to Jess Hallen and have a, have a full podcast with her that would be good
1: yeah I think so I think we will I think we will yeah,
0: yeah. she'll she'll give us some good dirt too once she's retired yeah. she'll give and us dirt we, dirt we want dirt yeah, we <laughs> want that's all we want yeah <laughs> thanks Maka. All the way from uh, from Spain to you in uh, in Melbourne. Uh, Hopefully you'll uh, you'll have a wonderful rest day or end of your rest day, and then uh, recharge for a a, a full next week. Looking forward to it, mate. And uh, no doubt we will chat
1: again soon. Thank you. Take care.